that's a core moment in the beginning. That says up the whole thing of how yeah. Aruka becomes his whole sensei. Yeah, that was like that's a core moment. You can't you can't change that. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Herbal Synergies the Shop. I'm your host, Sinji. With me as always, my co-host, Irving. What's up, folks? How y'all doing this lovely evening? We're doing all right, Irby. How are you? Well, cutting in and out there, my guy. Oh, I said we're doing all right, Irby. How are you? I can't complain. Living a life, baby. Living a viva loca? Yep. Living as best as I can. Nice, nice. You got a flavor yeah. this week, uh, Living Life Man? Uh, yeah. I'm going to have to go with Thorfinn because he's uh, the only one um, capturing some hearts here. Uh, Kyan's letting me down, although they did have some funny moments. But, you know. That's just how how it is. Thorfinn, he he got the attack and finally got his helmet. Yeah, I was gonna say that's my f- moment too. That's my flavor too. But I was liar liar had a a big brain moment. He did. I was like, oh okay, sounds pretty that's right there. But no, I don't think that moment topped the moment of no, it didn't. Thorfinn. It so, did. well, not for me at least. Yeah, it didn't. Um. Yep, so, um, should, should I just go on my One Piece rant now, or, because I doubt you want to end with uh, a One Piece rant. You can do whatever you want to do, King. Yeah, so I, I, I finished, are you going to watch the live adaptation, by the way? Probably not. Eight episodes. I, I ain't even finished reading the manga yet. True, okay. So, Irby, uh, feel free to, when I'm done, agree or disagree with me, even as, like, not a One Piece fan, but just like an anime fan. Like I've gone on my rants with you about how um, companies take stuff that are in the manga out and like, but are willing to throw filler in there, and like how that irks me, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this huge debate right now between like actual One Piece fans and people who just enjoyed the live action. Like, oh, it's it's perfect the way it is and they need to stop because Oda approved I I have said and I told this to my friend Sammy um, I enjoyed the adaptation I liked watching it however there are very very important things there are very um, like they, they pertain to the how things develop and uh, like their core parts of the story that were changed and should not be changed. So I'm just going to list a few of them. And then you can agree or disagree with me. But like the, these couple things, like they bothered me while watching. Mm-hmm. First of all, um, they gave Bucky more screen time, which I didn't, I didn't mind that at all. But that would be one of the things they added versus just following the original content a little more. Um, Garp and Kobe had 
you saw them all season long, all eight episodes from the beginning to the end of Arlong Park. I say, yeah, Garp wasn't wasn't there. No, you didn't meet Garp until after they saved Robin. I say, yeah, because I was like, yeah, Garp. If anything, he was there for like a hot second that he left out. Yeah, so here are things they changed. They changed how Zoro joined the crew. And this this is something like these are like casual. I'm, th- I'm throwing you things that like you sh- you most likely remember how like Luffy revealed that they're gonna kill Zoro and he has to join the crew if he goes gets the swords. No, and in here Luffy just sets him free, and he joins eventually. Mm. Um, a core thing they changed. I would say let me before I forget about that. Can I feel like? That that part of him not getting his swords, um, he just sent him free. It kind of um, changes the way that he's like indebted to Luffy. If that makes sense, yeah. So like, yeah, like it's it's an important way that he joined. Like he had no motive to join the crew after that, and they kept saying throughout the first couple of episodes, Nami and Zoro kept saying they're not part of the crew, and then out of nowhere, Zoro had this like unfounded loyalty it was like no bro like i don't i don't understand this because he has no reason to be loyal right now because he didn't nothing whatever they changed how it happened um this didn't bother me but nami had a staff the entire time she was like a fighter from the beginning i was just like nami wasn't nami was just stealing the beginning bro she wasn't like whatever um, another core thing they changed. Okay, Don Krieg, the guy that showed up to take over the Buratier when they were getting Sanji to join the crew, he never shows up. Instead, Arlong shows up to the Buratier, beats up Luffy real quick, and Nami, to stop him, gives him the map to the Grand Line and leaves with Arlong. I'm like, all right, that... That is a core... Don Krieg plays a core part of the anime because... Luffy fighting Don Krieg is what, like, has the impact on Sanji for Sanji to, like, open his eyes, like, hey, this is a guy I can be a part of, but, like, I'm here. And then Zeph sends him, like, hey, just go. Whatever. Now, here's the thing that, like, bothered me the most that they didn't do. Luffy is just getting his ass whooped with no knives, swords, or anything that cuts. That is a major flaw. The point of the gum gum fruit is that nothing of blunt capacity, fists, clubs, can harm him. And he's already had the fight in the first episode where Alvita hit him with a spike club that had blunt spikes, so they didn't they weren't sharp, they didn't cut, and he ate it and sent it flying and sent her flying. But once he met Arlong and Buggy, they were whooping his ass just fist. That is a flaw. I don't care how many people who enjoy the adaptation want to defend it. And that is a core flaw to the gum gum fruit. The only time Luffy starts getting injured, that and it's not a weapon that cuts is when hockey is being used, and they were not introducing hockey at that point. Sure, Shanks used observation hockey or conqueror's hockey on the Sea King, but it was still, no one knew that. 
And, like, those are things, like, yeah, giving Buggy screen time is fine, but, like, it wouldn't have cost a lot, and it wouldn't have taken any, like, any extra effort to just injure Luffy with cuts. Instead of making it pretending, like, pretending he actually can get hurt by Buggy's fist and Arlong's fist and shit like that. It was just like, that's, that's a major flaw to me. I don't know. Uh, the Alabaster Princess knocked him around pretty good. Oh, Nami knocks him he, around all the time. Because he's a little fist. But those are know. like comedic for, and I like, I don't, I don't entirely nah, agree mean. with those all the time, but like, I get like the comedic value of it. Like, Nami, ha ha ha, joke, joke, joke. Nami has hockey and can beat up everyone on the crew when she's pissed. But. The scenario, the scenario was, and then like someone, someone tried to explain to me. It was like, ah, I get what you're saying, but like if you wanted to watch One Piece, then go watch the anime One Piece. Ad- live adaptation takes the original content. Uh, the point of an adaptation is to take the original content and fix its flaws, which most animes, like my favorite one, Naruto, is slow paced. So this was pleasant to see. I was like, but this is a flaw. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy the live adaptation. I'm saying this is a core flaw. This goes this contradicts his devil fruit entirely. Yeah. So that that was that was my thing. It was just like uh they, they changed a couple things they didn't need to. Added a couple things they didn't need to, but it was enjoyable. Left out a couple things that didn't make sense because you put in a couple things like they showed the Sea King that Shank that bit off Shank's arm, but they didn't show the giant cow that Sanji used to get to Arlong Park. And it was just like I Which apparently you can see him on the map. And I was like, why even put him on the credits if you're like you're not gonna do it? And you, you know what I mean? So it was just like I I don't know. It was With the with coupled with the fact that I don't really like Luffy's actor, I mean, kudos to him, respect <laughs> to him, he got the gig and most people were happy with it. I just don't think he has the right energy. Monkey Luffy. Yeah, no, he doesn't. And like, I feel like, I feel like if you do watch it, you'll you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Like Zoro's character is great. Nami's character, she's she's good. I'm okay with Usopp's character. I love Buggy's character. I think the Fishman with the with the technology we have these days, I, I think feel like the fishmen were kind of like wonky looking, but that's fine. Luffy. That that was my rant. Overall, I did enjoy it though. Yeah, I mean, they they do got astray from uh, some of the stuff, but yeah, it'd be nice they step uh, were a little closer to uh, remaining the same. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it it would be like. I feel like it would be like if they did because someone mentioned like I hope they do a Naruto adaptation, but like kind of like this fast pace. I feel like it would be like. Naruto, them doing like having Naruto, but he but um. Mitsuki Mitsuki didn't get him to steal, the sacred scroll someone just taught him shadow clone jutsu i was like whoa that's a that's a core moment in the beginning 
that says up the whole thing of how Aruka becomes his whole sensei. Yeah, that was like that's a core moment. You can't you can't change that. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, you definitely can't do that. I feel like that would alter the whole. Um, it changes things, right? Like yeah, like he wouldn't. He he would have no reason to like stop being a brat or have no reason. No one would believe in him. So it's like. You know why, but yeah, no, nah, they they definitely um, outrageous with some of their antics. Yeah, yep. But you know, before a live adaptation of an anime, which most don't do as good as people would hope, it was it was done pretty good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so. Should we talk about Jujutsu just to put a break in between me and Liar Liar? Yeah, we go ahead and talk about Jujutsu because it's uh, not too much there, but very much exciting stuff's going to happen here. Yeah, so... um, Yeah, so everyone's like, it's like, oh, we ought to jump in and help Gojo. And then Gojo's like, oh, only help if um, I'm getting weaker than... uh, Otsuki or whoever the name was and they're like oh no you gotta go and help and then they started discussing about how Takuna might have different um might he might be holding back because he's afraid that other people are going to jump in but Gojo isn't like holding back pretty much because he has nothing to lose and so they're like yeah if we jump in Tsukuna will just uh do his mega attack but they don't but my man Gojo lost an arm no, I was like, oh I no! Know. I was just like, and they were like, his healing's running low. I'm like, oh, did he grow the arm back? I was trying to catch a good <laughs> I was, look. Real I, quick. Was thinking, I was thinking he was gonna grow the arm back too. I was like, I'm like, oh, is he just gonna like grow I, it back? That would have been wild, bro. It was just like, I don't, I don't know. Sugana's like really wary of that purple, though. Yeah, I mean, like in theory, I was thinking like, this should Gojo have even gotten cut? I was like, I don't know. It's like, who knows? I don't know, man. Because I was like, I don't think my man should have gotten cut, but he ended up getting cut. So, but yeah, I was like, oh, man, look at this. And that, and that, and uh, and like this, and like that, and like this, and uh. Yeah, it's like this. So just Next episode. Chill. Yeah. But yeah, it was. I was like, man, so he got cut because I'm off. And then I liked the little note they put in 41 seconds from now. Gojo will uh, cut through Sukuna again with like purple. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, it's, it's gonna happen. We're about to get something. Yeah. So I'm excited. I feel like about this that. is um, Jujutsu's longest fight yet. It is. It's real long. And yeah. it's from two monsters of people. Yep. So. I couldn't agree more. I wonder what Dragon Ball is going to do after nothing after the movie. Who knows there? I feel like I feel like, um, honestly, I think I said this the first time around. I think they were absolutely screwing manga readers right now. They are. Come on, you. You put out a chapter a month and you're using how many months just to put the movie you already made into manga format. 
Yeah. You could have just made one or a two-part long special, made it one of those side one-shots or whatever, and kept going. I, I feel like maybe the the creator might be stalling to, like, put his thoughts together, which, just take a break, dude. I don't... I'm I'm okay with artists taking breaks. Oda needs a break. <laughs> man's yeah, coming out with a <laughs> man's coming out with a spinoff. Like, what are you doing? You already don't sleep. Why are you making a spinoff? Yeah, it made me think about how um, uh, Naruto's creator came back and was like, "Hey, I'm taking back over Boruto because uh, and it got better. Messing it up, <laughs> it got way better quick." So, Leo, what are you guys doing? Yeah, because there's a lot of stuff that I was like, man. Yo, I'm I mean, so hyped to see the next chapter. And I forgot. the sad part is it's probably just going to be talking. Yeah, when I'm, I forgot exactly when he took over. Because I, I think it might have been after um, after Sasuke I got taken out. I'm not too sure. I think you're like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> you, you messed this up enough because... Uh, you, don't, you don't took the eye out. You killed my boy Kuruma. What are you guys doing here? Yeah, like I feel like um I don't know. I just I feel like it could have been way better sooner. But you know, sometimes you have to let people go to make their own choices and mistakes, and hopefully that creator learned from his mistakes and then um, come up and do something better. Also, which reminds me of how uh, the live adaptation of Dragon Ball. How uh, Akira Toriyama was like, hey, I think you should do this, that, and the other. And they were like, oh, no, we got it. They had like a false sense of confidence. Mm -hmm. And that movie was terrible. You sent me that, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was, it was just like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, sometimes you, it, it's, you're already doing something way different than the anime with a live adaptation. The next thing you should want to do is try to make it as authentic as, po as possible. No one is going to expect anyone to do the entire Dragon Ball, Naruto, Bleach, One Piece series in a live adaptation. It's way too many episodes. The budget's probably... It probably costs way too much. A fast-paced thing like One Piece did was most likely the way to go. But again, you change things you did not need to change. Yeah, You weren't coming up with an original story. You were following a story that was already popular. You had the content. You should have just... And that... I think a little of that is why I'm... I don't want to be... Like, I once the rough draft of my novel comes to me, I ha I'm going to have to read it from head to toe because you don't know if people are actually reading your content and, like getting the feel for what the message you're trying to or the the vibe like you're trying game. to create yeah, yeah. so it's like because i i have i've had correction i had to tell them like hey listen if you actually read the scene it needs to be like this and they're not they're not reading the scene they're just editing as you know they know how to and like oh this usually is like this so we're gonna make this correction like no you can't make that correction. It's going to mess up the scene. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. But, um... Liar, liar? 
Yeah, hit it off with some lie liar the pants are on fire. Episode three, a dead heat and determination. So creepy guy with sharp teeth, his name is Seda Kugasaki, I believe. Yeah, Siron or something. I was like, oh, Kurosaki. I was like, oh, yeah, he'd lose it for sure. He got Ichigo bloodline. He going down for sure. <laughs> um, And he wants to bring down Hirito because he took down his goddess, his uh, number one person, Sarasa. And Hirito says he'll accept the challenge, but um, loser can never challenge homegirl, I think was the conditions of this duel. And I would have rewound to hear more clearly the condition, but I had to rewind like four times just to hear his name. Yeah. Um, yeah, the condition was just uh, never be able to challenge her again. Yeah. Or be able to challenge her. So I was like, huh. So next day, me, um, Hirito and... Um, Rena meet up in disguise to discuss the next challenge, which I was a little concerned about. I'm like, well, my man just accepted a challenge that like wasn't set for him, so this actually might end up being a challenge. Um, so we go, mm-hmm. and it turns out, you know, they go to the his where he is sleeping, and Shido Yuki and Rena actually know each other because Shido Shido Yuki serve the Sianji family and they're actually best friends that like they've had a fallen out well really um Rina's been distant with Shiroyuki for reasons that we will discuss later we discuss later yes so I don't know once the reunion was um over with they went and discussed the next challenge which would I forgot what was it? What was it called? Did you write down what it was called? Um, it's some game, uh, 27. I can't remember, but it was like some game you get cards and you collect them. Yeah, it was like self made 27 something. And like all you in the fourth district, there is I think 21 cards or 20 cards. And they're all numbered, and you have to. Yeah, yeah twenty. I think there's twenty. It's twenty-seven form game. Twenty. Yes, and basically there's a whole bunch of cards scattered around a district, numbered one to I believe twenty, and they pop. They pop up randomly, and the five. It's initially five or six, and then every so amount of time, another one pops up. The object of the game is to gather as many cards as you can and win. Three out of five, five rounds, you win by playing the higher number card. Now, they were speculating what um, Kugasaki would use as far as abilities. And Rena said that he never unequips Black Queen because I guess he likes the aesthetic of it. So then... That looked like something you would use. Me? Yep. Nah, don't. Just the darkness. Seems too much. Nah. Seems a little cheeky. You're cheeky. Maybe. Real cheeky. So they were speculating he'll most likely use like the numerical adjustments. And I forgot which other one they thought he'd use. And then Hirito and Kuru, 
Shido Yuki and um, Rina basically decided that he should use luck, numerical um, adjustments, and where is... Oh, distort information. That one. Lost my place in my notes. You took notes? I I take notes on my shows. Hmm. Yes, as I'm leading, I have to take notes. Otherwise, I won't remember everything. Thank you, thank you. Hold the applause. I'm not done. Damn it. Um... (laughs) It turns out Kukasaki used Explore because he was he was getting cards right before they were showing up, and he also and the Black Queen also lets him like transmit his voice across like a certain distance, so he was able to communicate that. So it then became clear that he his objective was to get. 18 cards to stick Hirito with just two and then he would win by default um, on the way to he got 14 and it turns out the bus or the train was going to be late so he couldn't get to 17 but then homegirl on the bike from the previous challenge showed up and Ichinose pushed her to help him out and like that allowed her to get her permits for a business or whatever yeah to make the permit was to make the um what you call them, uh, the motorcycle public transit to help. Right, so you could get, I guess you could say Hito to the guy that be her was her first client. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, uh, in getting 17, which was over, uh, like, up some stairs, but, like, a little further where there was no platform and there was a bunch of bags that I thought was cushion. Definitely thought they were like sandbags or something. I thought it was something he'd fall on, he'd be fine. But no, when he got 17, he fell and he like clocked out for a little bit and he had blood coming out his head. Rena showed up and was like, yeah, we need to get to to a doctor's. And he was like, no, screw that. I got, I can't stop now. I still got to find her and I got to keep your lie together. So then Rena has a little bit of confession. She, um... The real Sedese Sianji is not actually kidnapped. She's in regular school because she wanted to go to regular school. And... Regular old kid, yeah. This actually... Even though, like, the Sianji family is, like, part owner of, like, this academy. Or this island, Academy Island. They must not have members or family members on the campus because, like, wouldn't someone have noticed it's not Serese or Sarasa? Well, I think they're they're trying to keep it under wraps that she was kidnapped until they they found where she actually was. Oh, so the family? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, 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 right, right, right. The family still thinks she's kidnapped. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, because that girl, she uh, she faked everything. So, after she reveals that, um, her and Hirota kind of have a touchy moment. It's like, oh, so you did it for your friend. You 
you're um you're kind of you're, uh, you're seeming a little more like my type or something along those lines he said yeah he said oh you're my type i was like oh okay homie yeah yeah he 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 didn't he didn't shoot his shot. He just you know he dribbled a little. Dribbling out the clock. <laughs> so like she had a moment where like she started to blush, but then looked away, and then um, Shiro Yuki showed up and was like gave him an update on the status and basically said like how there's no really no hope. He basically has all the cards, but he literally didn't give up, and like that kind of inspired her not to give up. And he came up with a plan. He asked if there was any cards that. Um, let you interfere with rules and games, and it's a six-star level car, I believe, called Rule Breaker. And what he did was he used that knowledge of a car because since he's a seven-star, people know he he people think he has access to it, so he used this to his advantage. And when it came time to face off with um, Kugasaki. Kugasaki laughed because dude only had two cards, so it was his automatic win. So he was saying, what ends... Hirito was asking, what ends the reveal phase? And dude was like, obviously when you win, he was still stalling. Like, no, you're not understanding. And that's when it triggered. They used the distort information to change the wording on the condition. So he goes, no, what ends the reveal phase? So when... The creepy dude looked on his phone. He saw if either player runs to the cards, it ends the reveal phase. So he threw out the 14, but kept the 17. And, you know, basically explained that... Made him think that they used Rule Breaker to change the rules. So Kugisaki ended up throwing away his whole hand. And then Hirito... Double back, like, oh, I guess I win. He's like, what do you mean? I didn't actually change the rule. Or maybe you're just crazy. Look again. And it was, it went back to its uh, original form saying, if a player doesn't have enough cards, then, you know, the other one gets the win. And then he just shows that he never actually threw away the 17. So he played the 17. And since dude couldn't play a card, he just won. Yeah. Got him. That was it. Was yeah. That was big brain for a guy who like cheated his first, uh, his next two wins after the first one that he got lucky in. Mm-hmm, that was a big mm-hmm. brain play. Real biggest of brains, brain drain. Nah, man. You. You tingling. It's on you now, big dog. Yeah. So here we go. The Aristocrats, otherworldly adventure, serving gods who go too far. Season 1, episode 11, Omen of an Onslaught. So, Kain's at school, and this is when we learn that there's two different types of summoning magic. Uh, First, my boy thought he wasn't going to be able to to participate because he was too strong. And they're like, oh, no, we're not doing attack magic, so you're okay to, to join up. So, um, the two types, it's a mutual understanding, or you can summon someone from uh, a magic circle, and they give them these little sigils, and guess what my boy does? 
he summons the king, the well, the prince of darkness with his sigil because he released too much magical power into it. But the way he described it was he put magical power into it and then it just kept siphoning his power off until that happened. Um, yeah. So so then he uh, he starts talking to them and the guy's like, who dares summon me? And then like he checks his status and sees Cayenne. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Let's form a contract, which was uh, kind of funny. The Prince of Darkness and now they have a contract because he was scared because he was like, oh, yeah, it's the uh, God's blessing or something he was saying. And then, so it all ends and he goes back to the, uh, the the hall and the king's there. And uh, this is when my boy, they're like, his, his teacher's also there. You know, he had, he had the whole thing that he had summoned the whole uh, Prince of Darkness by putting up a blinding light so no one else could see but, but him and the prince. And so uh, the king's like, oh, will you show, show us your status now? Like, you must have got really strong to do that. And my man's a demigod <laughs> from his training. So I'm like, man. So then the king's like, oh, we're going to make you a viscount and we're going to give you your own town to, to uh, have the minion over. I was like, oh, okay. Rand's getting some stuff. I was like, that sounds cool. And this is when we get to notice that there's trouble in his homeland. And mm-hmm. apparently there's monsters getting ready to run amok through his lands. And so um, he goes to his homeland, talks to his brother, and there's like a the omen of, this is where the, the title of the show comes in, the, the onslaught. Because I guess the onslaught happened before where, where um, the monsters were fleeing another terrible monster and was causing problems. So he goes to investigate. He heads to the guild hall and he's like, oh. He's like, oh yeah, what, um, what's going on in here? And the lady's like, oh, they must be real busy to send a little kid to do an errand. <laughs> and so, and so then uh, he's like, oh no, I'm actual veteran. And she's like, oh yeah. And then he shows her the gold card. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then the other guy's like, oh, hey, Cayenne, how you doing? <laughs> so, <laughs> He, uh, he tells him he's going to go investigate the forest, and this is when his old masters show up. He's like, oh, yeah, you can't go in the forest alone. And he's like, I need to go so I get a sense of something. He's like, I'm strong. Don't worry about it. And his his uh, his masters show up, and they tell him the same thing. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I'll be fine. So he goes to the forest. He's like, I'm not going alone. I have his summons with him. So... So he goes to the forest to investigate. He's like, it feels very ominous here. And he starts fighting some monsters. And then he's like, oh, I, I'm going to get the king, the prince of uh, darkness to to investigate for me. And so he, he summons him. And then the, the Lord was like, Lord Seth was like, oh, hey, da, 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 da. Uh, I'm ready for, ready to help out. And he's like, yeah, I have someone in mind that could do this investigation for you just pretty well and he summons um dalmentia he's uh he specializes in investigation and he's one of the four heaven heavenly kings retired now um and he sends him out they go find out what's in the forest kai and killed a bunch of stuff he takes it back to the guild hall gives delivers the stuff 
and like, oh, where do you get all this stuff? And like, oh, these are all A rank and S rank. He's like, yep. And so everyone was worried about the monsters. He did kill a lot of monsters. I don't know if the population should be dwindling or not, but. Is it that were more uh, powerful ones uh, on the way? Yeah, but I feel like he killed like a bunch of red dragons. I'm like, how many of those do they they lay? How many of them they give a year? Are they they popping on like fish eggs? Are they like chickens? Are they like uh, ostriches where they lay like one egg or two eggs? There's no like rhyme or reason in in this uh, show at this point. (laughs) Absolutely not. So like the red dragon was a big deal when he made it uh, into a pocket dimension for his masters, the green thing and the red dragon. And he has the red dragon in his hall. So like they made it like such a big deal and then there was like a thousand of them. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, yeah, you took a red dragon? Uh, but the man killed like eight of them just there swinging. So, um, yeah, so they find him what's at the forest, and it's it's the, pretty much the the, the um, game master Aaron. And so, so then he's like, "We have one master," and the onslaught starts. Keith says, well, "Go forth and slaughter the humans." And so they go to warn my guy, and then then he goes back, and they got to fight a Aaron. So, yeah, it's um. It's going to be a grand old time, grand fight. Grand old fights. It's nearing its end. good. Yeah. Yeah, fortunately, nearing its end. (laughs) So. Hey, man, I'm impressed you stuck stuck with it. it, I'm at the point where I'm like, oh, this is, I feel like it it will get good and be great. but, But then it's like. When is it going to get there? And it's like, oh, got to keep getting there and getting there. And it just takes takes a while. You know, um, I'm, so. I'm going to predict right now that Kaim actually defeats the the um, game, dark game guy fairly easily and just leaves the god speechless. I hope that it's he like, like I, wounds I think we him made him. A, I think we made him yeah. too strong. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I hope he like wounds him in like a struggle, and then comes back in season two is like even more ferocious and better. And so that's what I'm hoping for. But we who knows? Shall see. But without further ado, shall we move on to villain? <laughs> Yeah, move on to Vinland. <laughs> Let's go, Vinland Saga, episode 7. This was an actual drum roll, won't be nice. Yo, it would be. That, that, you know what? It's a shame they don't have that. It's a common sound. It should be a default. That should be a default sound. But episode 7, Normandy. The war is still in full effect. And the, but the leaders of the Vikings told Floki that to pull his men for the winter, let them rest, and they'll attack again in the summer. Since the army is taking a break, there's no need to use the pirates, which means Askeladd isn't making money at the moment. So he has he looks up when um, Bjorn, Bjorn go um, asks him what he wants to do, and says, 
We're going to do what the birds do. We're going to fly towards where there's more food. We end up in another battle scene, I guess, between French people. Yeah, Francophone people. And they call so. them Franks. Yeah. That's what I'm going to start referring to French people. Frank. Oh, you're Frank. Well, the, the old name, I think it's like Franco, or they call them like Francophone. And then um, eventually it got... Uh, Modern to France, because it used to be called Gaul back in the day. Hmm. And then I guess because of the, the the way their language goes and like the way they speak, it's like oh, it's like something with the ear of francophone or some. It's history is weird, but yeah. Continue. Yeah, so there are Franks attacking. Um, Aska shows up and says they're at war with each other, and we're gonna side with the 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 attacking side which is also the losing side by the way because they did not make any progress getting into that barrier um Asalite calls on Thorfinn who aged again but I think this is the final time you're gonna see him like age this season because that's that's as old as you see him in the opening scenes the opening theme song yeah. Um, Asalite tells Thorfinn, go deliver this message. We will side with you, but give us half the spoils. We'll attack in the morning. Blah, blah, blah. And Thorfinn, um, then turns and like, why? I'm ready. Let's do this. And Asalite kind of weasels his way out of it. He says, you need to bring me the head of someone with a helmet first. So, Thorfinn, he leaves pissed, but he, he goes oh. and... What's up? No, that was just me. Um, I had a hiccup. Oh. Um, Thorfinn leaves. He leaves a little pissed, but he goes regardless. And he's talking to the the guys. I'm like, does anyone speak Norse? And they're not, they don't really understand him. So the one guard tries to, like, detain him. But, like, he just gets, just turns the situation on him and puts the blade against his throat. Like, do any of you speak Norse? So that's when we meet the Humpty Dumpty leader. Yeah, man, he's built all types of Steve like. Yo. <laughs> Stop. Take a picture of him, send it to the group. <laughs> um, yeah. Dorfin's trying to tell the guy that everyone's going to attack in the morning. It's, the, it's better if you work with us. And he's not really believing Thorfinn. He's saying, um,. Why well, should believe like a a Nor- Normandy, and he's saying, he's saying I should go. Uh, Humpty Dumpty is like I should just kill you now. And it's like if you kill me, they're gonna side with the other guys. It won't it won't really matter if we refuse. They'll side with the other guys. If you kill me, and I don't get the signal, they'll side with the other guys, and you'll just lose. So you might as well just do it. And dude, he accepted the offer. He said, but like if you're lying, I'll kill you. So. Thorfinn sends a signal, which is a high arrow and two low arrows. And Aslag gets his crew to carry the boats, which doesn't seem like an easy task. It was actually really impressive. Well, one, how the heck do they even get the holes to carry the boat like that? Because, like, you just can't lift that thing up like that. No, not well, at all. I don't all. know. I don't, I don't think the boats... I think the way the Norse constructed their boats, I don't think they're that heavy anyway. 
um some kind of light wood yeah nah, but I like, no i don't i don't you gotta use some durable wood if you're like you saw how they it wasn't a high waterfall but you saw how they rolled down the waterfall yeah like you can't you can't do that with any kind of wood uh, it does take a special kind of wood, but I don't I don't know how or what they did that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's so, like, man. so I think it needs to be, from what I know in the building industry, if it's going to be outside use, it's going to get wet, it's got to be some kind of like wood that can withstand like water. And if it can stand water, it's probably also a little absorbent. So like it's got to be heavier for them to carry it directly out of water. I feel like, I don't know, but... Using, I think they only had 10 people carrying each boat, which seemed like more people than they actually had, but whatever. They got like the boats that got filled up. Yeah. (laughs) How how do you magically have more people? Um, but whatever. They carried the boat over the mountain. Some people thought thought they saw a dragon. These people weren't going to win a war, bro. They were too gullible. So it's morning time and Thorfinn is still with Humpty Dumpty. He's like, your guys haven't shown up. And he goes, just attack and see, uh, just attack already, fat ass, and you'll see soon. And the translator didn't even translate that, that, but Humpty Dumpty was like, I feel like you just said something mean. Yeah. What the translator said. (gasps) Yeah. He was like, I feel like you just said something mean. Yeah. He did. Um, Thorfinn asks this dude which one's the leader and he goes the guy with the helmet he's like helmet and my man just starts running which Humpty Dumpty thinks he actually betrayed them and like sends them to attack Thorfinn but they miss because they suck and um, Asalad he runs past um, as well and actually makes that weird looking leader dude cower on the floor while they're carrying boats down downhill now which is even more impressive you guys are wild. My legs, I would did the three stomp drop where one leg gave out, then the other gave out, and I try to catch myself with the third one, but it already gave out, so it doesn't have the strength to catch me, and then I fall and tumble. Yeah. But they, they run down to the shore, put the boats in the water, and start attacking from the lakeside. Genius move, even stupid, ignorant, idiot leader said, that's smart. And they're with us. Let's go. Let's attack. Thorfinn does a freaking Olympic Olympic jump across the moat and digs both his daggers into the wood and start starts climbing the wall. Now, when um uh, I lost my spot. Yeah, the well, he starts going after the. He's climbing up. He's climbing and the wall. They're, yeah, they're circling the place. Okay, yeah. He so he's um, and Ascalad's crew is circling the place. They're in range. The guys notice that they're coming in, so they start aiming their crossbows, not regular bows, crossbows at Ascalad, which he deflects an arrow easily. But the crossbows, I guess, even with that distance, distance have enough power to destroy their shields and actually wounded someone. But to all of their luck, Thorfinn climbed the wall and just started slaughtering everyone. So the arrows stopped coming, allowed them to um, dock on the shore and kill everyone on land. The most impressive part of this was Thorfinn 
killing about eight people before he finally got to the dude with the helmet. And mind you, the first person he killed, he took his sword, kept that sword with him, and used that sword to behead the, the leader. The funny part was the head fell off to the other side of the barrier and into the moat, and Thorfinn was like, shit, the head, and just dove in after it. So, yeah. before, and I, I wrote this down too. It was like Humpty Dumpty's crew is probably not going to be any type of useful in this um, battle. When they finally got to inside and breached the wall and they got inside, the battle was over, and Askeladd's crew already took all the treasure. I don't think they could understand what he was saying, but when they were like, when they saw him, they were like, we said we go 50 50. You can have the territory, we'll take the treasure. And they're like laughing um, as Humpty Dumpty's like cursing their name, calling them scammers. And they were like, where's the orphan? I'm like, ah, oh, I guess he really died. And early I forgot to mention that like Bajoran keeps asking, which the guys seem like they warmed up to Thorfinn. So they probably don't want him dead. And I think Asla is just playing like putting up a tough act because he knows he probably knows Thorfinn can handle his own by now. Um, He said... Ah, if they kill him, it's just a kid that's following us. I was like, ah, I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like your crew has accepted him at this point. <laughs> he's like, he's the badass of the crew. <laughs> yeah. But so they mentioned Dorfin and like he's not around, and then the the leader's head falls on the ship, and Dorfin gets on. Said, stop. Enough making me wait. I got. Uh, I got a leader's head for you right now with a helmet. I, son of Thorfinn, um, yada, 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 proper challenging speak, uh, talk, challenge you to a duel. And Asalad did the proper talk in return and said, I accept. But later, as you can see, we're getting rained on with arrows. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. well, it's a good excuse not to fight him right now. And it's accurate. <laughs> But my man, my man's still very much angry, and wants wants to take Askeladd's life. Yeah. By the way, what threw me off was that uh, message. <laughs> it it made a weird sound, and you weren't talking, so I thought you left, and then I read it. And was like, yes, precisely. <laughs> yeah. Now where was it? <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, so um, yeah, not much there. The duel can't wait till it happens. Uh, hopefully, it's good. So, um, yeah, I, I, I gotta imagine Thorfinn's gonna want to kill Floki and the king too. If, I think he's gonna um, ask mm -hmm. Asklad, "What made you do this to my father?" And Asklad's gonna tell him, "He's like, it was just business, kid," and um. He's like, what? Who put you up to this? And then Thorfinn's going to go challenge um, Floki. And then Askeladd is going to uh, sacrifice himself for uh, the kid. And then uh, he's going to come back and avenge both of his his uh, comrades. Hey, might. I I just not got to put that opening song on my uh, playlist. Yeah. I don't skip it. I don't say this song's too hype. <laughs> Song too high. Yeah. You got anything else you want to say, Irby? 
No, no, that's that's it. Um, yeah, the live live adaptation One Piece might might watch that sometime. Um, Even if you just put in his background, Marky Luffy. You you I, should you should just give it like it's quick eight episodes. It's not they and they're not all the consistent same length. Like the first one is probably the longest one I think. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, huh? Yeah, it'd be background noise. Yeah. Um. All right, guys, that's gonna do for this episode. Thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed, like, comment, subscribe, and we'll catch you next week. Peace. Peace.